Rangers are going to the Europa League final. Get ready, Seville. This time, it's the other half of Glasgow who are on their way. Pack your bags, Rangers fans. You're off to sunny Spain. From the bottom, from the depths of the Scottish leagues, Rangers are back on the grand, grand stage. The full-time score at Ibrox Stadium. Rangers 3, RB Leipzig 1. Hello everyone, my name is Chris Bear and welcome to my podcast on the 4th Official. we done it, we're there, we're on our way to Seville and this is the reactionary pod to that. It's it's quite simply unbelievable. Um, it was the most majestic night I've ever had at Ibrox and I've got four guys joining me, um, three of which that were there, one of which watched from afar. So we'll start with him, producer Andrew, how are you doing mate? Are you feeling cloud nine? Chris, uh, it's um, It's fantastic. Uh, just just beyond um, what we hoped Rangers could do in Europe this year. How's the hangover? I think I've burned all the alcohol off through the sheer adrenaline that I was buzzing on last night. Um, it was it's not even touched the sides, mate. It's fantastic. Um, I've been feeling good. I understand that some of the other boys have maybe found different ways to get through their hangovers, but um, I'll let them tell their own stories. Yeah, the, the next yeah, the next guest uh, on the podcast, um, we'll come to him next because he's only got kind of a five, ten minute window. Um, Eddie, me and you sat together. We've sat together through this whole journey, actually. Uh, for Dortmund, Red Star, Braga, and then last night, RB Leipzig. Um, four matches and last night topped a lot. It was just an unbelievable night. Uh, I know that, obviously... Uh, you had a long journey back um, without much sleep. Have you, have you managed to catch a few hours of sleep or has the adrenaline adrenaline been too much for you? Mate, I've had between waking up at six o'clock on Wednesday morning and now I've had three hours sleep. But I've actually never felt so fresh in my life. I've been absolutely buzzing. The adrenaline's been pumping still. I just, I mean, still in a state of absolute shock um amazement and euphoria at the whole thing just unreal and yesterday um you think that there I've, I've had a lot of journeying around yesterday i had to drive from newcastle to durham to pick up a passport because i just I, I was sure we were going to be going through so booked myself in to make sure i had my passport and then from durham up to glasgow and then obviously glasgow back down to newcastle afterwards and the whole thing was just completely worth it um, on another note as well, you've sold yourself short on that, sitting together through the journey, starting at Dortmund. We actually started at Malmo. Uh, we sat together for that and Aleshkurt. It was just the group stages that we didn't sit uh, sit together for. But yeah, some journey. Um, we've both just yesterday, the, the atmosphere and, and the joy and uh, just absolutely amazing. It's, it's, it's lost for words at just how special it's been so far and there's more to come. Yeah, and this is very much Eddie's world, and we're just loving in it because Eddie, uh, I don't, I don't think you mind me sharing. You came up with a, a plan that the money you were going to spend on basically travel to Seville, you you decided to put that on Rangers winning, um, because you know if we win, then that pays for the trip itself, and if we 
you're lose, we're not going to Seville, so it's not really a loss for you. So you've actually your winnings are going to cover your your whole trip. So double delight for you, but I, I'd imagine that was pretty much at the back of your mind because the forefront of your mind would have just been the complete euphoria of 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 the night. Yeah, um, I, I, I went to book my flights a few weeks ago. I was like, oh, I'll just book flights now, nice and cheap. And then I realised my passport was out of date. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to stick all the money I would have spent on the preemptive bookings, stick it all in as to go through. We were four or one um, and that'll cover the whole trip. And it paid off, um, which is magic. But that wasn't the important thing, even if it, even if I hadn't put the money on just getting through this is unbelievable um something that i never thought i would see again in my lifetime after 2008 and this time I, i'm just looking forward to actually being able to go because I, I didn't make it in 2008 because of work so this time there was nothing going to stop me and just before you go because i know you're, you're busy um i don't actually mind you sharing this now uh do i tell the guys and the listeners what i say to you just as we had that free kick at 2-1 with Tav uh, pretty much at the byline um, and what I said to you <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely so we got the free kick obviously the game's getting close to the end we're looking for that goal Tav whips in the, the long ball um, down towards Kent and Chris goes no Tav that's not the ball and then obviously Kent whips the ball in keeper palms away falls to Lundstrom back of the net and that's I was in amongst the cheering and the screaming. I turned and went, "That was the ball, Tav. That was the ball." <laughs> and I, I must, I must say, like Eddie's the only guy that can back me up for this. So I'll speak to the, the other two guys that are on uh, with us tonight. But see, genuinely, see after the second goal and right up to half time, I was, I felt ill. I was fucked. I had to go. I went for a cigarette. I had to get a drink. And I came back and I, I just sat there and I felt so drained and like. I don't drink at all. I've never drank in my life, but that's what it must feel like to, to have a hangover because like I was totally done by half time because I put so much into to that first forty five minutes. And then obviously when Leipzig scored, I, I just had to find something from somewhere. Now I'm 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 talking as if I'm a player in the park here, obviously I'm not, but it just showed you how much effort that us the fans put into that night uh, last night and how much we made you know, McCoy said it was, we weren't just the 12th man, we were the 13th and the 14th man. And, you know, there's, there's a theory that, you know, Leipzig may have shat it or Rangers were energised by it. I think both are correct in this. And, and Eddie, like, as I say, man, it was it was such a special night. And, you know, not not to get too kind of sentimental, but like, I, to, to have shared that with you was just incredible. And I will never, ever, ever forget it because I totally agree with you. 2008, I thought that was going to be the first and last time I'd ever see Rangers in a European final. And yet here we are in 2022, uh, two weeks away from a final, a very winnable final, by the way. Um, just just unbelievable. So, yeah, sum it up for us, Eddie, and then, and then off you pop to be a father for the rest of the night. Yeah, um, for me, out of all the games I've been going to over the last 35 years, that's definitely the, the best atmosphere and game that I personally feel I've ever experienced and um, just that you're right you said you felt sick I was the same after that second goal I could feel my ears burning I felt like I was going to vomit just because of all the the sheer emotion that was outpouring when that second goal went in thinking we're actually going to do this and then when the sucker punch came 
and then that kind of will to drive them on and then that third goal was just once that went in I don't think there's a feeling I've ever experienced like it um I won't compare it to the birth of my children obviously because they're two completely different types of um, experiences but they were both absolutely phenomenal experiences and as far as sports go I don't think you're ever going to beat something like that unless we do go on and win it That's uh, and having tickets for the game I suppose that'll overtake it but at this moment in time I can't think of any sporting event that I've ever been to or taken part in or seen will ever come close to that so I'm just hoping the next uh, next step just takes to that one little push further yeah, absolutely not. Cheers, Eddie. Thanks very much, mate. Um, Enjoy the rest of your night. Yeah, no worries at all. No worries at all. Thank you. Um, next guest I have on is Scott. Scott, uh, you were at the game. How how did you feel <laughs> just during it all? The two goals at the start, the goal from Leipzig, and then eventually the winner from Lundstrom, and then the celebrations after it. You you must be as drained as us all. Uh, in a word, erect. <laughs> um, I've I've never experienced a night like that since that, that's Eclipse Parma that is the greatest single night I've ever had at Ibrooks and uh, dream start getting the early goal going 2-0 up just and then honestly I'm still sad letting it sink in I'm really speechless um, beyond excited but just I th- I th- the, the wee part of me thinks that them getting a goal back for us to go on and then score the winner in 90 minutes that that made it that wee bit more special if that makes sense yeah um, rather than running away with three nothing thinking oh, i've got a goal cushion to to sort of win it right at the end after playing so well just aye absolutely magic makes up for the sucker punch we got last week as well yeah no absolutely and uh finally joining us also is uh stephen stephen uh, again, pretty same as other guys. Just try and put any words. Just what that thing meant to you. So, for for me, for the last week or so, it's been all about. I, I've just felt total confidence. I just had this feeling that well, we're good enough when we're at Ibrox, and there's very few teams in the world can come and put us in their place. And we've only seen one do it so far in uh, Leverkusen a few years ago. So I went into the game all day yesterday. I was just confident about it and. You've seen it from, it's like, another thing I keep saying is just about how together the support is. And everybody was there ready before, early. It was like coming up the stairs at 22 and there's no queue for the pie stand and the main stand and the toilets are empty and everybody's in their seat. And you're like, we're all ready for this. And I just didn't have any doubt. Even when they scored, it was like right away, right, well, we've still had the better chances. I think we can do this. And I was so glad we did it at normal time because... There was so much emotion about last night between the team, the players, uh, us and the support. Um, I took a wee trip by the uh, the shrine bit for, for Jimmy before the game as well and then the rain started pouring. I was like, that's ideal. We just need a, a wee bit of rain, a wee bit of drink weather. And it was just such a moment. So I had a moment a few years ago, uh, something else, where somebody else, another sport, but somebody I really liked one. And it was a special moment, but it was more for me because it was my favourite person. And then in this, everybody, and seeing all the guys about us, and everybody will have them, all the people who sit around you, where you don't know their names, you don't know what they do every other minute of the week, other than when they're supporting Rangers. You'll greet them in a handshake, a goal, you'll give them a cuddle. Last night was bedlam, just everybody all over each other. Um, and what it meant to them, like the guys with their really young sons, there's a guy next to us with a son who's now in his teens. 
even just us amongst us as friends, it's like you, this meant so much to so many for all different reasons. For some, it was their first. For some, Touchwood, it'll be their last. Um, but we all got to properly enjoy it. We deserved it. And there was nothing in a Scottish football that's littered with so much bitterness around what people deserve or kind of just people being a bit kind of clipey and annoying. We deserved every round of this. And we can go into the final knowing we should be there and we're going to compete. And I'm just so, so proud that everything to do with last night. Absolutely, Stephen. Um, I mean, it was just such a, a magical, magical night. Um, we, we will do a more kind of detailed analysis on the game uh, in the next couple of days. This is just purely reactionary, uh, just getting the kind of emotions uh, and, and, and thoughts and feelings out there. Uh, Scott, one thing I want to talk about uh, is before kickoff, we the, the the announcer I think Smithy he he decided that there'd be no music played for 20 minutes leading up to kick off. Let the fans do the do the singing, and then it kind of trans transitioned into uh, a, a tribute to Jimmy Bell. Uh, the the clip that Rangers posted online, we, we, the the tribute clip to Jimmy Bell was played um, on the jumbotron um, and over the PA. I've never felt such a kind of the, the the whole stadium just came together, and then obviously Smithy then said obviously Jimmy Bell, ladies and gentlemen, he was simply the best, and then that transitioned into simply the best coming on, and that's when it really really ramped up. Like that was a very very special moment, wasn't it? I it, it last night had it all, and I thought. To be honest, I think it's something we should look to do in more big games and occasions is to to drown out that usual playlist. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, I thought the playlist after the game last night was absolutely unbelievable. Um, maybe the emotions had something to do with that, but leading up to kick-off, having the fans get to get the team fired up, I mean, you, you can tell that they were going to be sitting in the dressing rooms, absolutely. They would hear that, be, the, the walls would be vibrating, you know. Um, so to have that atmosphere created rather than the the team, sort of family friendly stuff that maybe gets played, um, and then obviously leading into the tribute to Jimmy Bell was just, I think it was as an emotional moment for the majority of the fans. I'd, I'd say I'd seen a few tears getting shed at that one. Um, a lovely tribute again for the Union Bears to Jimmy, um, and. No, I, th- I think the boys went out there last night and just done them proud. And like I said, it, it had everything. It started off with that sort of build up, the poignant moment, then feeling of sadness. And then I, I don't know whether you want to call it a feeling of redemption or something, but trying to sort of to balance out the emotions for the week. So, no, just absolutely outstanding. Andrew, uh, the start, you know, it was a pretty nervous start from both teams for the first five, ten minutes. Both teams. <laughs> Kind of through the way into the game, but let's just go straight to it. Uh, Kent gets that ball across, tab at the back post yet again. Rangers are one all up. Um, how how are you feeling? Oh, I'm absolutely buzzing. I mean, I think we knew that we could um, that we could, we would use Ibrooks to our advantage, and the fact that the players were so confident that they would be able to do that as well um, in the aftermath of the uh, of the first round. I don't think there was any question that we could make Ibrooks work to our advantage. And as Scott says, the build-up um, pre-match was absolutely perfect. Um, the way that, you know, Tav keeps doing 
ridiculous things. He's now the Europa League top goal scorer. Um, and they're not all penalties. They're not all, you know, easy tap-ins. They, these are all well-worked, excellent goals. I think Kent's up there for their assists as well. I can't remember the exact stat, but I think he may well be top um, assist maker, or at least in, in that kind of region as well. Um, th- this is a goal we've seen before, countless times in Europe. Um, but what a, what a goal. And the, the noise that the crowd made, I'm... Unfortunately, I was watching this on telly, but the noise you could hear from that and the fact that the cameras are all shaking, um, <laughs> showing the pitch, you could tell what a lift that gave to everyone watching that game. I'd also like to say, just as a quick aside, fuck Red Bull Leipzig, because they couldn't even be asked to bring their entire allocation with them. They had like 5,000 tickets and they gave half of them back. Fuck them. They're Red Bull Leipzig now. I know Scott's got a problem with it, but I'm calling them Red Bull Leipzig <laughs> no, no, because it's not that they at couldn't all. be asked to bring their fucking allocation. It's not that at all, actually. Um, no, I was just to say, I actually spoke to quite a number of the, the German fans that were over, and about seven or eight of them that I spoke to really didn't care if they went through. They were sitting going, we're just here to see Ibrooks, we just like big football occasions. <laughs> there was, they, they have absolutely no affiliation with the club so much. I mean, the, the majority of the scarves that you've seen them wearing were the half-and-half half ones that the guy was sticking out in George Square. So, um, no, um, like I said, there's a lot of, of Germans there that were just... Because I, I spoke to one of the guys in the subway and he said that he was a Hansa Rostock fan until... Oh, wow. He was a Hansa Rostock fan until uh, Red Bull uh, invested in the club and he had, a, he had a team that he didn't have to travel so far to. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, um, not, not quite the, the romantic tale that we have. More of a... Yeah. Conglomerate. I just, I'm just happy football won last night. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. But just, just on that point, Scott. Though, um, I have to say, coming out of the stadium, that there was a, a, a wee bunch of um, RB Leipzig fans there, uh, and they actually approached me and shook my hand and congratulated me. So, you know, fair play to them for that. And uh, it was a nice gesture. But part of me, and this, this is just a football fan of me. Part of me is thinking that's so fucking tin pot, like no chance <laughs> ever, ever do that with an opposition. Um, if, if an opposition beat Rangers, I would never go and go, oh, well done, you deserved it, blah, blah, blah. Because even if they did deserve it, it's just no, it's just no in my nature. And that, that must be obviously a, a kind of British thing, um, more so probably Scottish. But Louch, uh, what I come to you, um, obviously half scoring brought the game level, which is good, but it's still a level game. Uh, it's only one each on aggregate. And then a couple of minutes later, as we've seen in Europe, by the way, Rangers have got this tendency to when they get one, they go for another, and, and more often than not, we get one pretty much straight out, straight away. Uh, some some good luck with Scott Wright winning the ball. Uh, he had quite a tough start to the game, I'd think, but again, we'll go into that with the analysis. Um, but he done well here. The ball comes out. I think it was to Tav or Arebo. Um, the ball comes back to to Wright, who lays it off for Kamara, who swoops the ball in, left-footed. Absolutely fantastic. A world-class finish, by the way, and I'm not even exaggerating. It's it's all well uh, well and good saying, oh, you're excited because, obviously, the, the game's still so raw and emotional. I've watched that goal back about 40 million times, and it was a world-class finish, and that's you ain't going to change my position on that. Um, and this is where I started to go, holy shit, we're actually going to do this, because at no point... Before that match, or even at the start of that match, did I actually have complete confidence as much as you did, Louch? But I, I didn't think that it's not that I didn't think we were going to do it. I just I, I appreciated and I respected the 
size of the task and yet here we are after 25 minutes we're turning all up um ibrox is just totally i think scott said the word bedlam uh louch your thoughts on the kimara goal and any thoughts on the tav goal uh i think last night was a massive night for players who've been slagged by this podcast of various forms over various weeks it's <coughs> like the thing with scott right is is industrious but it just doesn't have that skill level from this for that level to kind of keep the ball. He's very good at kind of touching it off, which is what we've seen for the goal. But it's a kind of hold up. He just seems to get found out. It's almost like when you're playing primary school, if you're primary like four, playing with the primary sevens, like the bigger boys are just going to take the ball off you. It doesn't no matter what you can do with it. And that's how it felt. So I think that we kind of lay off to play it back, work well for him, and again, perfectly passed in. Um, not to encourage songs about it, but it did go in Arrow Street, uh, and it was just. At that point, I was. If I could have at that point clicked into my UEFA link and bought my ticket, I would have. Because I just didn't see it coming. I'll come back to it. It just didn't look like a threatening sight. And the big thing I'd say about yesterday's performance, and we've seen in Europe, is our mentality in Europe. We're hungry and we want it, and I didn't see that across either of the two legs for them. Their fans didn't understand and didn't want it. Well, I did see on Twitter, apparently, because we don't have enough worldwide appeal to get Leipzig to sell out all their allocation. Um, funny that. But, uh, yeah, it was just one of those when you're like, right, and everybody's kind of clamouring over the seats, and you're like, I've still got my faculties, never mind my keys. Uh, but, aye, for then on, it was just a night to enjoy for me. Scott, there was uh, a comment that I made to Eddie. Uh, I should have brought this up when he was on, but this was round about the 65th minute. Um, I says to Eddie, there's something I want to say, but I'm not going to say it. And Eddie said, please please just tell me, because what's the point saying it then? And I was like, no, I really don't want to say it, because I don't want to jinx it. Um, and he kind of pushed me and pushed me, but I, I, I remained stum. I didn't, I didn't say what I wanted to say. Um, the ball comes in from the left, Angelino um, and Ninkunku with, again, another world-class finish. And about five minutes later, Eddie said, are you going to tell me what you wanted to say? And what I was going to say was, Ninkunku's having a quiet night. Um, so my thought was, I didn't want to say that in case I jinxed it. But see the fact that I didn't say it, I think that jinxed it anyway. So I probably should have just said it. But um, yeah, it's, it's clear to see why this guy is so sought after. But... Is obviously you massive kind of Bundesliga fanboy. Is it fair to say that you know it wasn't a great performance by Nkunku, but is it fair to say he's down tools? Because that's the impression I got. I got an impression of a boy who just wasn't interested last night, and I, that's that's no playing down the achievement of Rangers. That's me saying if that guy's worth a hundred million, how much is Kent worth? How much is Tav worth? Uh, I, I, I wouldn't say he's down tools. No, I think. He's a, he's a world class talent and he is going to go on to bigger and better things than Abbey Leipzig but um, I think the, the sheer fact that he had such a quiet night was because we were so dominant in the middle of the park uh, Kamara, Lundstrom and uh, Jack for the majority of it absolutely dominated that midfield. Kevin Campbell, uh, that is the most frenetic I've ever seen him he just couldn't get near it he was off the pace Clint Kamara, absolutely still Campbell I just, I was, I was so happy with that. Um, so I think that, because when you look at it really, and Kungu maybe had one clear opportunity and he put it away. So that's the ability that you're looking at the guy. So for me, like I said, we, we've seen it with Leipzig. I said it on the preview pod that 
the thing we need to worry about is if they get one chance, they're quite capable of burying it, as they've done to Mönchengladbach, as they've done to Union Berlin, etc. So they did get that, but they didn't have... They, they may have had the, the ability, but they didn't have the desire. And not to take, not taking anything away, I thought our players showed the ability and the desire last night. It's the best I've seen Kamara all season. I don't think there's words in the dictionary to describe how well John Lundstrom played. Tavernier, I've been such a critic of him for for his lack of defensive duties. And for me, I think the other massive standout for me was Calvin Bassey. I thought he just would never say die. Um, winning second balls, third balls, fourth balls, balls he had no right to win. I know, I know Louch has got his hand up. He's going to say, going to stop saying buzz, but like, you know what I mean? No, what, what I was just going to quickly say was just about the centre-halves. Um, um, one thing I did have the fear about was how many yellows we collected in the first half. But I thought we had tremendous discipline to see out the game and never really got booked later on because you had uh, Bassey, you had Goldson, you had Barisic. So that's three out of the back five were on yellows in the first half. And there wasn't any commitment. Bassey, I worried about. I had in my head that Bassey was going to have this moment, almost as I seen like the, the the movie in my head, of where he kind of committed this last gaff tackle that gets us to the final. But he can't play in it because it, I just think he'd be that type of guy. He would. He wouldn't care that you could play. He would want it for the team. But luckily, we got out to the end of the game without a red card and a referee who I thought had an absolute shite game. And I'm not the most critical on here, but some of his decisions last night were baffling in terms of inconsistency. It's quite likely he'll turn up at the next old firm the way he refereed last night. Yeah, the ref did have a shocker, but I'm sure we'll we'll get into that more when we when we, when we analyse it more. Um, so second to last point here, uh, I'll come round the table, starting with Andrew Scott and then Stephen. John Lundstrom gets the winner. Uh, at, I don't think there's much more I can really add. Just just describe how you felt, uh, Andrew. Uh, it's a fucking redemption arc for John Lundstrom. It's been coming all season because if you'd said to me six months ago, John Lundstrom's going to score the winner to take us into the Europa League final, I'd have asked if you know there was another John Lundstrom coming around that we were going to sign in January. Um, he's um, it, It's so fitting that he's the guy who gets the goal. And I'll be honest, when that one went in, I didn't even know how to react. I was I was standing up because I couldn't sit down anymore in the, in the living room with my dad. And when that goal went in, I just sat down and I, I didn't even know how to react to it. I was I was utterly just astonished. I'm so so happy that he was the guy who got it um, because it's beyond fitting that big scouse John, who was signed by a manager who's no longer there is the guy who's going to be our Europa League hero. It's fantastic. Scott. Big John! <laughs> uh, oh, mate, absolute limbs. Absolute limbs. I nearly died. Uh, yeah, unbelievable. I'm so happy it was him. Uh, as, as Andrew said, it's been a redemption art for him all season. And in the past three months, I'd say, quite easily, he's been our best player. Um, and... The emotion in his face as well when he scored that goal. You can see how much it means to him now. Heard the interviews after the game. It's the biggest moment in his career. And I think you can tell how much he appreciates what, what the fans think of him as well after his lap at the end. So, no, it couldn't have been any more fitting uh, for him to score it. And I'm delighted for him and delighted for us, obviously. Stephen? Yeah, I think just 
the, the difference in Lundstrom across this Europa League campaign from a, a red card to start it to seeing us out of the game to get us into the final. It's we are as a support kind of demanding of instant success and it doesn't always come. It's a difficult team to play for. It's a difficult support to please. But when you do please, you become a legend. And I doubt there'll be a time where John Lundstrom needs to buy a pint in a pub that's got blue in its walls ever again. Um, he's totally turned that around. And the, the, the big thing for me is I think that's when everybody started to, you, you see it kind of go about, it went from the chaos of the goal to there's a good few guys about me having to kind of sit down and whenever they were standing because they just had to let it sink in and let it get through that this was happening. And there was a bit of worrying towards the, the end. With, with, it was like they got a corner and the keeper comes up. Um, and But we kind of just cleared that away and then just that roar uh, at the end and then all the songs started to be sung and like how loud the Lundstrom song was. Uh, just everybody just straight away just picked up in it and it's just everybody's in time. There's a lot of songs that kind of drift around the stadium and it sounds like somebody started the five minutes after the other guy. With that, it was just spot on. It was the whole support as one voice just bringing it all out. Um, and it's a highly recommended BT Sports 10-minute um, video at the end because a lot of us were probably too busy congratulating people or just trying to let it sink in. It really brought back all the songs and the dances and I think just seeing, like, Alan McGregor said in an interview a couple of weeks ago about how he's just trying to enjoy a bit more this season, the time with the fans, etc. And he was in full-blown party mode. It was like when he came back up the road to the Kilmarnock all the years ago, um, when he'd had more than a few refreshments. And he probably could have, how the end of the, the second half went, he could have nipped to the bar and back. But that's what it said, from him down to the likes of Diallo cutting about the Union Jack bucket hat and... Um, sending pointed tweets out this morning to supporters of other sides. Everybody gets it. Everybody's ready. And it's just a great weekend to be going in. As say, very skint Rangers fan after paying for my travel for today. But hopefully, I wish everyone luck tonight in the ballots. I've just seen there from Rangers Twitter the, the uh, numbers, etc. are out in terms of who's going to get what. So good luck to everyone. And I hope to be able to see quite a few people over there. Absolutely, and, and just on the Lundstrom point, you know, uh, 14 years ago, Nacho Novo scored that that penalty to get us to Manchester, and how many of us actually still go back and watch that every so often? That's what Lundstrom's done, you know, 14 years from now, 24 years from now, 34 years from now, we could be still watching that goal by Lundstrom, um, especially uh, considering that we could actually still win this thing. Um, final point, you know, I, I think I think it's only fitting that that, that I do this. Um, I've had a few people saying to me, "Oh, it's not about them; it's about us." And I totally agree with that sentiment. But whenever you get a chance to really, really fucking put it into them, then you should always take it. Um, there was a you know a message uh, by a Celtic fan on their board. Um, I'll not read it all. I'll read the last bit. Um, this current Sevco team and just about all previous Rangers teams are based on solid defence, keeping their shape and being difficult to beat. This has proved to be the way to go in Europe. I don't know if we have ever been set up like that in Europe or any competition. Maybe the one game when Neil Lennon was in charge against Barcelona. So this current Rangers team is all about shape and solid defending. Uh, I've got a few metrics here. Rangers have got the most goals in Europa League. Rangers have got the top goal scorer in the Europa League. Rangers have had the most ball retentions in the Europa League. And Rangers have had the most saves in the Europa League. And also, just to 
really, really kind of piss on their theory. We've conceded the, fir- the third most goals in the Europa League, so it's not really great for a tight defence to be conceding all the goals. This Rangers team have got to a Europa League final, not on any negative style of play, tight defending, solid defending, keeping their discipline, keeping a really tight, uh, really solid, sturdy shape, which you could probably attribute to the, the run in 2008. Um, admittedly, but this Rangers team have got there in style, substance and, and, and technique. This Rangers team have got there by being the best team in the Europa League. And and, and the metrics prove it. Um, I'm not saying that we're going to go on and win. I think we, I think we will. But uh, regard, regardless of that, we've got the Europa League final because we are statistically the best team who have played in the Europa League. And that is an absolute credit to Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. And I couldn't be any prouder. Andrew, It's worth pointing out as well that it's not like the Europa League has been some jobber competition. You just read off some of the names who are in the group stages here, or sorry, in the group phase. So once we got out of the group stages, Napoli, Lazio and Atalanta, Borussia Dortmund, Bayer Leverkusen, RB Leipzig, Barcelona, Sevilla, Real Betis and Real Sociedad, Lyon, Marseille and Monaco, Porto. All of these teams are big, big European names. We've we've said before when we've been talking us through the Europa League campaign, Rangers shouldn't be here, but we have earned the right to be at this table. As Chris says, through all of these metrics, all of this goal scoring, you know, defence doesn't matter if you can outscore your opponent. It's something that Celtic, to their credit, unfortunately, have done quite well domestically. But we're doing it on a bigger and better stage right now. And I couldn't be prouder of my team for doing this in the manner that I have done it. One big thing about 2008 was that we just felt lucky and glad that we managed to make it there because we chanced our way through some of those games. We, you absolutely played negative football. We parked the bus. You cannot say that Rangers have done that in this campaign. We put six goals past Borussia Dortmund. Like it is not, it is not even conceivable that we've set out here to park the bus. One game in which I can remember us actually setting out to do that was the first leg um, of this tie, um, and we had a fairly decent excuse. We didn't have a striker. Now, admittedly, we still didn't have a striker for this game either but we still managed to put three goals past them. So I could not be more proud of this team and what it's done. It's just an unbelievable result. And what, what a time to be a Rangers fan. Stephen, your conclusion? Andrew just nailed it. What a time to be a Rangers fan. It's completely deserved and we've done it. Um, and I don't think there's anybody who can kind of go, ah, but, ah, but we've deserved to win every um, every one of these knockout rounds we've been through and we go into this with total confidence knowing we are a really good European team uh, you don't get this far and being this convincing um, without being a really good European team we're this, like, we, we've not got Kirk Rodfoot and players like that just kind of filling gaps and kind of lumping the ball out and hoping that just somebody can burst from it we went through these missing some massively key players so like even like seeing Hadji in the pitch yesterday, having a rewatch of the knockout, like the, the group stages, like the influence he had in the games, like his goal in Bronby, um, the assist for Morelos at Ibrox when he slid and he won it, and just his all-round influence in the games. He's, I think he's had a massive loss the second half of the season. Didn't have him. Roof, we all believed, was going to make it. Wasn't even in the squad. 
Uh, Morello, as we know, has um, had his surgery, is still recuperating. Um, if we can get some magic beans in that boy between now and two weeks' time, I, I would very much take that and take any years of my life you want to balance it up. It's just remarkable. It's like a, a team with Scott Wright in it. Um, we've got Aaron Ramsey on the bench. It's just so upside down back to front. It's right and it's true and it's deserved. And I cannot wait for two weeks on Thursday, Wednesday. Uh, well, firstly, by the time I get home, I'll be delighted because it's going to be a long day, but uh, it's going to be weird playing on a Wednesday night, but here's to a win and making that a regular thing next season. Yeah, absolutely. And finally, Scott. Um, yeah, I think Andrew summed it up. I think different for the 08 run, we knew that we were, we were playing the type of football that Walter would go away and beat teams that were far superior. As this time, we've not beat them. We've competed with them. We've outplayed them. So... Listen, there can be any amount of arguments, and we know what it's like. Uh, not necessarily like Hugh Evans, but in the west of Scotland, um, we know what it always turns to, and it's jealousy uh, for that extent. Well, I've seen so many different ridiculous arguments from uh, that we'll not be able to manage to go there without getting an arrest. Oh well, at least a consolation that we'll never win the FIFA Fair Play Award. Um, so I just I, I'm injecting this this uh, misery straight into my veins because it's just making it far far better that what we know we've got and what we know we're capable of and yeah it's just an exciting thing it's just exciting like I said I know Stevens alluded to it already I'm quite pleased that I I was con- quietly confident when I booked up last week so um, yeah let's get let's get over to Seville and bring it home do one better. Absolutely, and it's left for me to say really as we are the people and enjoy the cup final. Hello folks, producer Andrew here. I hope you've enjoyed the free podcast from us here on the 4th Official. If you have, please consider subscribing, as it helps us not just make shows like this, but also our Whose Team Is It Anyway series, which looks at great World 11s. Uh, this week we had the pleasure of speaking with Marco Negri about his greatest ever 11. Some excellent choices by him, and a great selection of personal stories from him with some of those players that he played alongside. Thanks again, and to bless out, how about David Garrett performing the Europa League anthem?